Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. And we're looking at the book of Luke, chapter 4. Uh, verses 16 to 21, and then we'll dissect it. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set liberty to those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So, Father God, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it's living and active, and every time I open it, it teaches me something new, and it's always about your goodness. So, Lord, I just ask that you open up the hearts and the minds of people who are here today to hear your good news. That's for each and every one of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I'm going to set the stage for you a little bit before this happened, just a quick little overview. Um, Just before this, Jesus had been baptized. He came out of the water, and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, and God said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And then he went into the wilderness, led by the Spirit to be tempted. Jesus succeeds, and and by the power of the Spirit goes out onto a missionary journey and he's going to begin preaching messages, healing people, and this right now is the first public reading of scripture that Jesus does. So it's safe to say that Jesus is being talked about, and many are wondering if he is the Messiah that everyone's talking about. So in verse 16, it says, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. So, Jesus goes to church. So it's probably a good thing that we go to church, right? And then in verse 17, it says, The scroll was handed to him. Okay. This is the best I could do, okay? Like, it's craft paper. I always have craft paper. So you're a Jew at the temple, at the synagogue, and some random guy just gets up and stands up and grabs the scroll and starts reading it. And this guy is the guy that everyone's talking about. Well, put yourself in that picture. We're at church right now, and someone just comes and removes, has the scroll, takes the Bible, and just stands up here and starts preaching and reading scripture. And Jesus reads the Old Testament scripture from the prophet Isaiah. So he rolls it out, and he reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives 
and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolls it up, hands it back to Sasha the attendant, and sits down. And everyone, all the eyes of the church, are staring at him. They're looking at him intensely, and then he begins to speak. And this would have been fairly normal back then. They would have stood when they read the scriptures, and then they would sit to deliver the message. And this is what he says. The scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Okay. So much of our teaching is about prophecies and past and past and promised futures, and it leaves us as normal people, as a congregation, wondering what in the world does this have to do with me today? But look what happens here. The prophecy from the past, this is Isaiah he's reading from, from the Old Testament, and promises for the future become gifts for today through Jesus. Jesus who's standing right there in front of them. Jesus says, I am here to tell you that there's hope for you in your life today. And you never, they would have never heard any teaching like this before. No wonder everyone's staring at them. No wonder their eyes are fixed on him. And he's speaking about today, and he's speaking about good news. And this is a model for anyone who has the privilege of teaching. He takes what was there and then, and he makes it here and now. The message is not that God has done, like past tense, done great things for people, like recorded in the Bible, but God is doing great things in your life today. So Christian teaching or studying isn't about getting as much information in here as possible. It's about getting it from here to here. It's about the head to the heart. It's it's a transformation. And this is exactly what's happening when Jesus is standing there. And this is actually happening for you. What do you know in your life about a living encounter with God? Not a set of rituals, not just showing up to church on Sunday, not religion, not a head full of Bible knowledge. What do you know about a living encounter with God? Not then and there, here and now, in everything you're facing in today's life. And this is what Jesus is doing here. And actually, this is what Jesus always does. When he comes into the scene, he takes out of the past and vague thoughts of the future, and he makes it a reality, and a here and now in relation to you in your current situation. So he sits down, and in essence, he says, I'm the guy that Isaiah has been talking about for centuries. And I just showed up in your church today. It's your lucky day. I'm Jesus. I'm coming to bring you good news. I came to tell you that God is perfect and you are not. But guess what? I'm going to live the perfect life for you guys. And a little bit, I'm going to go to the cross and pay for the sins of mankind. And it's good news. I'm going to set you free. Someone say free. Free. So many people think that God's going to hammer down if we get out of line. No, Jesus said that he came for the freedom to the captives, out of bondage 
eyes of the blind. This is actually who he came for, us. See, we see bondage in many things, and sometimes it can be things that have happened to you, yes. Sometimes in addictions, which we've seen today, with drugs and alcohol as they shared their story, but there's all types of addictions out there, okay? There's food addictions and phone addictions and video addictions and internet and gambling and pornography and behavioral addictions. But I want you to listen to this. In 1 Corinthians 6.12, it says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Some say, or slaved, or have power over. Just because it's legal, just because it's acceptable, does not mean that it's helpful. One of the beauties when you believe in the good news, when you believe in the gospel, when you believe in Jesus, is that when you live this life in Christ, you are no longer bound. You are free, which some of these guys shared tonight. Instead of being addicted to all the stuff that the world has to offer, be addicted to Jesus. And I know that sounds cheesy, but you know what? Where he is, freedom is. Freedom from bondage, freedom from blindness. So we've been renovating in our house, which feels like, I don't know, a year, probably, it feels like. And we're fixing up all different things that have been long overdue in our house. And I'm extremely blessed with my husband, Dustin, who can pretty much do anything around the house. So it saves us lots of money there. But the house has been extremely messy and very unorganized. And my boys like to play on flat, clean surfaces. So they have been looking for flat, clean surfaces to play in. So this particular day, they used my bedroom floor which was totally fine until I went to bed. Um, and I get up a lot in the night uh, to go to the washroom, to walk around, I don't know, and I have to have it pitch black dark because I feel like when I go to the washroom, if I even get like a smidge of light into my eyes, that's it, I'm up for the whole night. So I just like aimlessly walk around trying to make it to my bathroom. Well, this particular night, I forgot they were playing on my, on my floor. And guess what they were playing with? Who has stepped on Lego? (laughs) Because it is, yes, the most painful thing in the world. And so right in the path of going to the bathroom, boom, the first thing all of my weight stands on is the Lego. And honestly, it felt like the (laughs) most painful thing in the world. And I was just a little angry. So when you come to Jesus, you're not walking around blind anymore. You're not in the dark. There's this freedom from this blindness. And before I came to know Christ, I was walking around completely blind and totally on my own and in the dark, injuring myself most definitely along the way. The Bible was shut. The playbook of life was shut. And I was trying to figure out the whole thing on my own. And it was hard. It was so hard. But now I'm free. I have freedom in Christ. And this word of God, the word of God, is living and active. And how can it not be, is what I always think to myself. Because it's liter- everything in it is literally completely different in the way that we live and the culture that we're in now. Like nothing is the same. 
but we can still relate to it. We can still find answers to things from it. Some that the world are only just catching up to now. We can be encouraged by it. We can pray through it. The only thing that is the same now as it was then is God's love and his never-changing characteristics. This book is life-changing. So if it sits on your nightstand and it's never open, you're missing an opportunity. You're walking in darkness. There is no reason to walk in darkness. There is no more being blind. This is the truth, the gospel, the good news. So what do I do after my Lego incident as I wake up in the morning? Do my devotions, open up my Bible, and what does it say? Forgive them. So I guess I forgive the kids for putting the Lego on the floor. My anger was gone, and I moved on. So now we go to verse... Um, Pull it up on the screen there. Leave her in your verse 19 now. So this is a very loaded verse. I could have preached for 25 minutes on this verse alone. But there's some stuff that I feel like we need to know because it brings a lot of clarity here. So it says, he, per he came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Someone say favor. This here. So let's figure out what this means. The year of the Lord's favor was a combination of of wonderfully passionate laws that God had given to the people of the poor. You can read about them in the Old Testament scripture, and I'm just going to give you a couple examples. So in Deuteronomy, there was one that said that every seven years, all debts were to be canceled. Could you imagine Visa and MasterCard and student loans and mortgages adopting this law? Like, just completely, your debt's just wiped out. It's gone every seven years. What a wonderful law that is for the poor. Another example is every seven years, all slaves were to be released. So if somebody had gotten themselves into excess debt, the respectable thing you could do was work it off, which was permitted in the Old Testament, but only for a period of seven years. And then the debt would be released. All these kind laws were brought in by God and to be implemented, implemented every seven years. But then there was this capstone, a wonderful law that is told in Leviticus chapter 25. This really brought together all the laws that protected the people. This capstone was the year of the Lord's favor. So let me explain. After seven cycles of seven, so seven cycles of seven, on the 50th year, all the land that had been purchased was to return to the original family of ownership. Remember, when God's people came into the promised land, the land that was given by God to each clan, each tribe, and a portion to each family. And of course, in the course of life, and over the years, some folks would be put into a position of selling land for one reason or another. But this law would see that it didn't accumulate to some more than others. There was this legislation, the Jubilee year, Every 50 years, you shall consecrate on the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land and to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee, that's why it's called the jubilee year, for you. But each of you shall return his property, and each of you shall return to his clan. So this jubilee law was an obvious, wonderful way in which God's purpose that there would be a portion of land kept with each family in Israel to be retained and protected every 50 years. 
So the land was really sold on a lease-to-lease basis because depending on how far it was in the 50-year cycle, it would be less money because you'd have it for less time. It'd be more money if it was more in the beginning because you'd have it for a longer time. So this compassionate law given to Old Testament, in the Old Testament in Israel, you can see what this law would do. This law is placed by God to place a check on the growing power of accumulating wealth. It can't just keep going on and on forever and the same people keep getting richer and richer and richer. It also could make sure that children of wealth really had to find their way in life rather than just floating through on like a massive inheritance. It would also mean that there would be a new start, a release, a break from the poor and the oppressed, and it would happen once every lifetime. And this is just to tell you what Jesus is referring to. All that just to say what he's referring to. And we have to realize that there's no other country that's ever had a law like this, and no other culture that has ever protected the poor like this. But God said that you are my people, and this is what I call you to do. How would have you liked to have lived under those laws? To me, I honestly can say it would depend if I was the borrower or the lender, right? It's great, it's a great thing for the people who have debt, but for those who are lending it, not so great. But God gave those laws to Moses in the wilderness and made it very clear that when they were brought out of the promised land, that this is how it's supposed to be. Every 50 years, you are to sound the trumpet and proclaim the Lord's favor. So now, in the history of Israel, how many times do you think this happened? How many times did they proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and sound the trumpet? How many times? Zero. Not one single time did the law, of this law of God's ever happen. And you know why? I think we all know exactly why. Because the folks with the power are usually the folks with the money. And they look at the Jubilee and they probably thought, okay, this is going to cost me a lot of money. They can do it next time. And so the trumpet never sounded. So by the time of Isaiah that we're talking about, the prophet, God's people would have been in the land for 700 years. So there would have been 14 Jubilees by this point. And not one single time ever did the trumpet ever sound. Never once was the year of the Lord's favor ever proclaimed. They hadn't implemented the kindest, compassionate law of God. And these were for the protection of the poor. And of course, it's not surprising because the laws, these laws could only operate in a community of people who really love God with all their heart and with all their mind and love their neighbors as much as themselves. And there isn't a single culture on the face of this planet where that is true. In other, words, in other words, what God's laws consistently do, and this one is no exception, is they prove to us our selfishness and our absolute need for a redeemer. Who alone will do what we will not and do not and cannot do for ourselves? So when God spoke to Isaiah and said that there will be a day that someone would come and preach the good news to the poor, and would finally proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Well, who in the world would be willing to do that? And then Jesus walks into his own temple 
steps forward. When the scriptures are to be read in the service, he's handed that scroll. He opens it up to the place that Isaiah speaks about this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. And he has sent me to proclaim the day of the Lord's favor. And at last, this has happened. And it's happened in your presence. Through me, Jesus says. I'm the, pro- the promise that Isaiah spoke about. So God is going to do for you, Jesus is saying, what you would never do for each other. God is ready to cancel all your debts, break into all that binds you, and set you free from Satan's power. Ready to give you back your inheritance. God wants to return that to you. This will bring so much hope and joy to us, but it will be incredibly costly to Jesus. Because if you write off a debt, I'm not sure if anyone here has done that for someone before. I'm sure you have. Whatever that person's loss or debt is, you take on to yourself personally. That's what it means to write off a debt. And when God writes off our debts to him, here's what it means to him. He absorbs all of that into himself. And friends, that is precisely why Jesus had to go to the cross. It's precisely why he had no choice. He had to take on all that loss of all of us to cancel the debt, to restore the inheritance. God's canceling your debt, whatever that looks like, to him. Can you even calculate the value of that? Like, is it even possible? Jesus came here He died for you. And that church is good news. We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.